The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my very good friend and uh, much-esteemed producer, Darren Ball, who puts this show together for us and receives your very important comments. And we've had some beautiful ones, I must say, and they are appreciated by our listeners. So please keep those coming in. And today, though, we're going higher. We're going Uh, Very, very high indeed. Uh, We're talking about revelations never made to our world before, um, certainly to the humanity at large. Uh, And we're talking about the gods of the gods, the holy masters from Saturn. They're brilliantly described in the eighth freedom. And of course, all the freedoms are delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King over 60 years ago. Mars Sector 6 himself being a lord of karma and therefore in a position to know and describe even lords of Saturn and even solar lords. So we've never had a description of them before in this detail or in this depth in any teaching given to humanity. So this is groundbreaking radio here on the Spiritual Freedom Show. But explain it a bit further We're told in the seventh freedom, that's interplanetary existence, and do please uh, go to the wonderful lectures delivered on these by Dr. George King. Uh, He goes into those. He doesn't have the opportunity, as we do on this show, to take a short extract and go in real depth into it, something he wanted done, by the way, but in his busy, busy mission uh, he couldn't do everything it's something we're doing now but his lectures are outstanding and i do recommend them to you and in this seventh freedom we're told about masters on other planets including mars neptune jupiter pluto venus and uranus and we're told that they completely defer to their masters who are the lords of saturn they would rather we're told give up their freedom and be cast into the lowest astral realm on this earth than disobey their masters on Saturn by even a glance. Now, you know, if we thought we understood back to yoga on this earth, we didn't until now, because that's a sacrifice that no one on earth could make because they haven't got that kind of freedom to give up or anything near it. We can't really know what that means. Uh, So all the devotion to genuine gurus and especially to the avatars who visited us from other worlds is a wonderful, wonderful thing and a wise thing, by the way. It's a wise person who uh, recognizes those of greater wisdom than themselves and uh, defers, if necessary, to them. Uh, But it doesn't compare to the type of devotion these interplanetary masters have to the lords of Saturn, whom they revere because of, and this is the reason for it, because of their nearness to divinity. 
they see that these lords are nearer to their divine selves than they are. And that's what they are devoted to, the reflection of that divinity through themselves. And they know, these martyrs who revere them, they know this. And we're talking here, by the way, about martyrs like Jesus, the Lord Buddha, Ramakrishna, they came from Venus, St. Peter, who came from Mars, and several other avatars. We don't know which planets uh, the other avatars, such as, for example, Moses, uh, such as, for example, Samson and others, Laotse. We don't know what planets they came from. If they came from a planet uh, lower than Saturn, they too would have this reverence for the lords of Saturn. The only intelligences we know of who came from Saturn, or let's say were part of an intelligence on Saturn, because they wouldn't be the whole of it by any means, they'd be a small part of it. The only ones we know of are Sri Krishna and the Lord Babaji himself. So as far as we're concerned, we're hearing about beings uh, who are as close to perfection as we can conceive. And I'm going to ask Darren now to play an extract from the Eighth Freedom, describing some of the attributes of these gods of the gods. As such a one is not limited because of limitation. As such a one has great freedom because it has rejected all freedom. As such a one has access to all mind because it has a consciously and super consciously on the intuitive levels rejected all mind. We have here a manifestation of a great law which we were informed about actually before this transmission in 1960 by the Master Etherius in his transmission from free will to freedom. And it's what he called the law of the universe, the law of nature. And I quote, whatsoever you reject is laid at you, your feet. He said that if in what he called, and I quote again, great subtlety of realization, end quotes, you rejected the inner powers and spent all your energy instead in selfless service, note all your energy, you would develop great powers within yourself. There's a lot more in that than meets the eye, but one thing we can be sure is this. If that law of the universe applies to us on Earth, and that's one of the real things we're trying to do, if you like a USP of this show, to apply even these lessons from the great ones to our lives here, how much more must it apply to the lords of Saturn, whose realization makes even the most advanced and subtle of us blundering idiots by comparison? We can't even speculate on how much greater are the powers they would reject compared to us. Why, even the most advanced cities, as they were called in Sanskrit, in the highest ashrams, that's powers, wouldn't come close to pre-kindergarten infant school if there was such a thing on Saturn. Of course, there isn't. This law of the universe, I believe, is the key to the extract we've heard. Such a one is not limited because of limitation. Because they're in a still body, rejecting all movement, they have complete freedom of movement. They have great freedom because they've rejected all freedom. They've given everything up for service, including their own freedoms, and therefore 
by this law of the universe, they have great freedom. This is a clincher. It's consciously and super consciously on the intuitive levels rejected all mind. What happens? It has access to all mind by the self-same law. That's going, by the way, much further than the greatest yogis on earth have ever gone to reject mind even on the superconscious level, the deepest intuitive level. This is our link to the divine spark. What happens? It must contact that divine spark, which is spirit itself. And then, as Dr. King explains, it has access to all mind, which is like some kind of electromagnetic energy outside of ourselves. Perhaps you could call it universal mind. So one of the things we really want to do is see how we can apply that. And these intelligences, as far as we're concerned, are, you might say, the gold standard, or if we remove one letter from that, the God standard, uh, which we can aspire to when we apply that self-same law of the universe, even here on Earth. This is the great promise that you can practice service. You don't have to do advanced development exercises, but by, say, cooperating with satellite number three you're drawing energies through yourself in service to send out healing and prayer to others but that will alter the flow of prana through your nadis your psychic nervous system and that will start to activate the kundalini so the very advancement you have rejected in order to pray for others still comes to you not just as a karmic piece of philosophy as you sow so shall you reap but as a psycho spiritual technical mechanical process and this has got to bring higher consciousness if we allow it to do so and we're then manifesting the very same principle we see here manifested by the gods of the gods your thoughts darren yeah i love the parallel that you've um, that you've helped us to find here about how we can apply the same principle in our own lives and, um, you know, especially this last part that you've just talked about, you know, is absolutely the key to our evolution. I mean, anybody listening, listen to that part again, because that's what it's that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, and I find it myself particularly inspiring kind of how mechanical it is, because yeah. it just makes it more and more tangible to us. You know, it's not just a philosophy. It's it's like a workable principle that you can apply in your life. And these things, this is how it works. This and I have to say, possible. we're really helped on that by Dr. King who was extremely mm. technical. And he said, you know, you, he told Alan Mosley, uh, the late Alan Mosley, that, you know, yes, you could gain samadhi without knowing all the ramifications of kundalini and, and, and the chakras of the nadis. But if you do know, it's a much greater experience. And, and so we're mm. given that information and uh, it, it applies. And you can see how it even applies and definitely applies to service, which is a wonderful thing. Priceless. Thank you. So everybody, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms about Mars Sector 6 and Dr. George King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Um, I share a moment of truth, a question, an experience of yours every week on the show. So do get in touch with us, spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Got a couple questions here today, Richard, which I think um, kind of in line with the Bhakti example that you gave early in the show in the way right. that you know, these interplanetary masters revere the masters on Saturn. Mm -hmm. So it goes as follows. Um, Presuming I cultivate knowledge, practice, and service on the path of King Yoga, then what is stopping Dr. George King from making himself known to me? And then also, is there a practice whereby the aspirant is able to receive 
um, what he calls Shaktipat, you know, the scent of power yeah. or, or grace from the master, Dr. George King. Wonderful. I love those questions. And um, I think this is one of the great things, to be honest, about our, our naming it King Yoga, because it puts him where he belongs, right in the center of this path, uh, which either came from him or through him to us. And you don't need to do, to answer the second question first, a particular practice because you will make that connection with Dr. King. And to answer the first question, one way or another, he will make his presence known to you. doesn't have to be in a vision, although that happens. You know, I've given lectures and I've had people in the audience tell me they saw somebody there uh, behind me or by my side. And only these were completely new uh, to us. And afterwards, mm. they saw a photograph of him for the first time. And they say, that was the person I saw. Wow. And he wasn't there just, wow. he wasn't even there probably mainly for me. He was there because his teachings were being delivered and where his teachings are delivered. Your key isn't a particular practice. It's following the path and knowing the source of that path, acknowledging that. And yes, you will create a link with him and his presence will be felt in your life. And the more you do it, and the more uh, devotion and the more you acknowledge uh, him as the source of it, not that he ever pushed that much himself, but the more you do it, the closer a link you'll forge with your master. And if you start to regard him, if you make that decision, and it's your decision, it's not forced on anyone and never should be, but if you make that decision, Dr. George King is now my master. You don't have to physically meet him. I was lucky to do that. But even in his lifetime, he had many followers who hardly ever met him. Uh, you don't need that. You need to live his teachings and practice his practices that he brought to us. That's the link you need. Yeah, I think uh, we can both attest with absolute certainty. And, and I can certainly attest that second point you made about not physically meeting him, that you know, the more that you do practice this path, the more you can experience this awesome magic and his true, true, true love in your life. Um, yeah, and what will help you to blossom on the spiritual path? It's true, and you can attest better than I can because I was very, I was lucky to be very close uh, and and a close friend of his too, which was a wonderful thing. But you'll find that the his energy won't even be a particular practice. His energy will start to imbue you, and you will be mm. empowered by it, and you will regard the obstacles along the way in a different manner because he overcame all obstacles. Nothing was going to stop him, and he lived. Really, the motto of our show, as you well know, Darren, which is that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And as always, we're joined by our producer, Darren Ball, and he'll be having one of your questions or comments, which is always one of the best bits of the Spiritual Freedom Show. And people really appreciate 
the very encouraging, I think that's the word that's been used, experiences you are having and you're sharing. And it's always welcome if you wish to do that. So please carry that on. And may I also give a, a name check out also to two other members of our team on this show. We have uh, Nikki Wood and we have Jeremy Curtis, who are both key to this show, uh, both from an audio technical point of view and from a point of view of preparing the material that we try to get together for you every time. So today we're carrying on from last time, which was the gods of the gods, part one, and today is part two. And we're looking at the masters that even masters like Jesus, Buddha, and others revered, the great lords of Saturn, and still do revere. Uh, Masters who can divide their consciousness into multiple positions or parts. In fact, some of the perfects of Saturn, of which there are 12, and I believe, incidentally, there's an inner core of that 12, Dr. King has revealed, uh, they're able to double that feat. My goodness, uh, that's uh, that feat being, I think it's, I'm right in saying, 1,860 positions, and double that, of course, would be 3,720 positions. So that's an amazing division of consciousness, is it not? And I feel I should mention straight away that the Aetherius Society is performing a mission devised and under the overall control of the perfects of Saturn. Incredible fact, an incredible thought. It's the highest and most privileged thing that any of us are part of. And when I say part of, that includes all our members are a part of it, and indeed our active friends and supporters and sympathisers to some degree are part of this, but especially our members in this case. Uh, And we really have teams uh, that go to various locations, uh, two actually, two locations, and perform this mission call, which we call the Saturn mission. You can learn more about that mission on ethereus.org, But I thought I'd mention it because it makes it much more real. We're not talking here just about intelligences who are remote. They are actively engaged in numerous ways, I'm sure, but in this one very practical way that we know of and we are directly working with uh, every year in two locations, one in America, one in the United Kingdom, and you can find out about that. So the perfects of Saturn are the greatest intelligences on any planet in this solar system. They are revered, we've been told, even beyond this solar system. They travel even to other parts of the galaxy to give their great wisdom. They're what you might call, and this is probably a misleading term really for us on Earth, but the rulers of the solar system, not because they assert their authorities on others. They don't. They don't need to. There's no dictatorship on any of the other planets, but because, and this is the key, All the intelligences on these planets, including Saturn, want them to be. They want the perfect of Saturn to make the final decisions. There's complete unanimity on that point, Mars Sector 6 has told us, by all the inhabitants of all the other planets except this one, of course, Earth, in accepting the choices and decisions made by the perfects because of their wisdom, because, as I said last time, of their nearness to the divine source. 
And by the way, they, those perfects of Saturn, completely accept the authority of their masters, who are the lords of the sun, as described in the ninth freedom. We're going to come on to that next time. It's a beautiful system of government, if you can call it government, because it's based entirely on wisdom, evolution, divine expression. And we're here... We're not part of that, and we won't be until we're able to accept this wisdom, evolution, and divine expression too. There's a tremendous lesson for us here on Earth. We don't have a political system in any country uh, to compare with this, that, or even a system that really works. Certainly democracy could be the best available option, but it's not a democracy based on wisdom. It's based on the principle that all voters are equal, which they are not. They're equal in their potential, but not in their actions, not in their evolutionary status. I think it was summarized well by Winston Churchill, who said democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others that have been tried. Which he remarked, uh, probably a true one, as Dr. King put it much more pertinently, though in his book, You Are Responsible. And he said these simple words, the only true democracy is wisdom. And the democracy on all planets other than ours in this solar system accepts the wisdom of the lords of Saturn. So in that light, let's listen to our extract today, continues from our last show, and I'll ask Darren to play this now. It's from the Eighth Freedom. It's delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King in deep somatic trance. As such a one is an active, a blood vessel in the arm of the absolute. As such a one is a flame of everlasting inspiration. Such a one is all silent and yet all sound is stillness and yet all movement is a single entity made up of the amalgamation of two and yet is all entities. Such a one as this is beyond description. Beyond description, yes, but what a wonderful tribute uh, by the karmic lord, Marsetta VI, when he called them an active blood vessel in the arm of the absolute itself. It's a brilliant illustration of the alignment between a lord of Saturn and divinity uh, enabling the active works of God to manifest, which the arms would be associated with works, and the blood vessels empower the limbs, and indeed all parts of the body, and it shows their enormous stature. I'd just like to share with you something Dr. King said about the lords of Saturn. As I said, they can inhabit 1,860 positions, and some of the perfects can double that. He said it's possible for someone on Saturn to be a tree on Earth, to be a sea, yes, a sea on Venus, a great cosmic master on Alpha Centauri the Fourth, 
a 27-legged animal on another planet and an also 1,800 more things at the same time. This is just an incredible concept. So you again, you have these paradoxical statements being made there. Uh, they are all they are all silent yet all sound. Of course they are. They're completely silent in their still body on Saturn and all sound in their multiple existences throughout uh, the, the galaxy, it seems. Uh, all movement. There's stillness, but all movement, a single entity made up of the amalgamation of two and yet all entities. And by the way, those two are male, female and neither or both, whichever way you look at it. Uh, There's a balance between the male and female and they are that too. So in fact, if there's two of those, they are sixfold being. Uh, They are really, I think, Beyond all description, I think is true to say, but what a wonderful description we've been given there in the Eighth Freedom. What do you say, Darren? Yeah, I think I'd be a fool not to agree with you there. And I think, <laughs> you know, certainly that example of a sea on Venus, I mean, I that know. is just, uh, just draw-dropping. I mean, just to think of a being who could become that and serve some function in the scheme of evolution is amazing. Well, I'd like just to um, say that we owe so much to Dr. King because... You know, I think some of these teachings we've been given without his insights and his guidance, we wouldn't really know what they exactly mean. We're just told mm. all these positions and then he will spell that out. It could be a tree on Earth, could be a sea on Venus. We wouldn't guess that. It could be on Alpha Centauri. We wouldn't guess that either. So yeah. he, his knowledge, his own cosmic knowledge is indispensable, I think, to these teachings. Absolutely agree. To everybody listening, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 and Dr. George King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And um, as Richard has said and encouraged, and I'd love to echo that encouragement, we share a question or a moment of truth from you on every show, an experience even. So do get in touch with us. Do share that with us. Um, we respond to all of them. And I share I share some of those on the show as well. That's at Spiritual Freedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Got another question here, Richard, from someone who's um, studying our teachings intensely, it seems, and I thought it tied in quite well with today's theme. The question is as follows. They say, the birth of a cosmic avatar, such as Dr. George King, on Earth is a carefully planned move, but planned by who exactly? Yes, well, that's really well put, and you wouldn't have to look beyond the perfects of Saturn. Uh, for that. Uh, they are the ones who have brought the avatars. Very pertinent question indeed, actually, I must say, to this particular show. Mm-hmm. They are the ones who would turn to uh, to Jesus, to Buddha, to the six adepts, or uh, yeah, all of the six, but certainly the three who came and were incarnated here uh, in the last century on earth and performed the greatest missions we've ever seen performed by avatars. Um, yes, they are all part of that. Of course, the controllers of the solar system, I would stress these perfects of Saturn, work in direct cooperation with their own masters from the lords of the sun. But it's the perfects of Saturn who, you know, is a simple answer really to that question, who would determine the coming of avatars to Earth. Because it's a karmic thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, one thing that it sort of hints at is, you know, the fact that, number one, it is planned. And this is something that sort of unfolds over yeah. thousands, of, if not millions of years. And I think even goes even more to underscore, you know, the true stature of these beings and the role that they play in our solar system. Yeah. And I mean, isn't it a wonderful thing that, you know, we don't have to... But there's no sort of opposition party. <laughs> there's no one trying mm. to topple them. 
because all the intelligences on the other worlds are wise enough to know when someone is wiser than they are. And it's as mm. simple as that. And why would you want to rule something uh, when you know someone would do it more wisely than you would um, and make those ultimate decisions? Now, they're all, of course, all Saturnians at any level are extremely advanced. I mean, the, the, there's actually a breakdown uh, at the end of the Eighth Blessing where it gives the relative uh, evolution a very simple phrase, and it talks about um, the wheels from mm. planetary uh, consciousness. It turned four times, but the wheel turned 1,980 times to secondary Saturnian level. Uh, that's secondary, and then 9,458 times to primary Saturnian level. This is giving us a relative idea of evolutionary. And evolution is exponential. So mm -hmm. it increases, and the more it increases, the more it can increase. In that one way, it has something in common with financial investment. The more you make, the more you can invest, and the more, and so the gaps get bigger and bigger and bigger. But mm -hmm. um, those aren't welcome gaps. But in terms of spirituality, you know, the more we evolve, the more we can evolve. And so you can see the enormous differences in evolutionary status, even within the planet Saturn, and certainly from the other planets to Saturn. And it all comes back really to their whole being, which is focused on service. And we know on this show that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. <laughs> The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and we're joined as we always are, I'm very pleased to say, by Darren Ball, our producer. He's going to come with one of your questions or comments later in the show. And this show we're calling Where There's Light, There's Life. Uh, and, of course, it's a tribute to the very highest of the high. We're going even beyond the last uh, two shows we did about the gods of the gods. We're now looking at the highest of the high, the lords of the sun, the highest intelligences in our solar system, barring only the planets and the solar logos itself. It's funny, isn't it? I've often noticed where you get a proverb, you always or get the opposite proverb. So you get this one where there's life, there's hope. And then you get you can live in hope and die in despair. So you get these different things. And um, where there's life, yes, there can be hope, but there's something much more than hope. There is light. And where there's light, there is most definitely life. And those beings prove it every millisecond of every day because they create the day. Uh, they are the day uh, and the so-called night. They are really all life in the solar system or they are creating it, enabling it uh, in direct communion and complete union with their uh, God, their 
master, if you like, their lord, which is the solar logos itself. And you might say, what's the point of us studying these intelligences other than to wonder at them, to marvel at their grandeur, to sing out their praise and to worship them as many wrongly called pagans and arrogantly dismissed heathens have done through the ages. Actually, those so-called pagans and heathens were far more uh, advanced in their worship than some of the orthodox religions. They may not have understood exactly what they were worshipping when they revered the sun, They certainly didn't know what has now been revealed in the Nine Freedoms, which has never been revealed to the people of Earth before. But there was a reason for praising and thanking the sun, for radiating light and heat and energy to our world, which is done by and through the lords who dwell there, and as I say, are in complete union with the solar logos, their illuminator, their teacher, whom they hold in a reverence which cannot be described. They bring light to every life form in the solar system. And as I say, where there's light, there's life. We haven't only been given this so that we can start to appreciate and express our appreciation of these ones as never before. We were, but we were told by the Master of Theorists just months after the nine freedoms were delivered that these teachings will, with limitation, he said, but nevertheless will, be adopted in the centuries to come on earth. They're here for us to practice and to live to the utmost of our potential. These are teachings which can be planted within us, and as they blossom, they give forth further seeds to grow and blossom and multiply, and as that happens, our concepts change. Our outlook is risen. Our horizons are broadened. And the Master of Theorists himself has made that great promise. And I think a lot of us have seen this to some degree uh, by doing this. I've certainly found it, and I know Darren has too, because we talked about it, and so have the others working on the show, Nikki and Jeremy, and many of our listeners. Since studying these particular teachings, many more revelations have come our way. Many more avenues of truth have been opened up to us. Uh, It's an exponential growth studying wisdom like this. It's rather like mining for precious metal, finding a vein of gold or silver, and then discovering that the more you mine, the more layers and the more veins of precious metal are revealed to you. And the most precious of all these metals, the highest and the most valuable of them, is revealed in the ninth freedom, solar existence. So let's listen to an extract from this freedom delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. King, in which we're given some very helpful advice. And if we follow it, it would definitely transform our lives. Even in a small way, I can already vouch for that. So could you please play this now for us, Darren? This is from the Ninth Freedom. Let realisation of the Ninth Freedom burn like an all-existing flame into your very consciousness and govern each thought and action in accordance with the mightiness of this, the greatness of this, the undescribable beauty of this, the sacrifice of this, the holiness of this, 
the simpleness of this. Form the many and become the one in the ninth step. And in their becoming, they practice with every thought. I and with every etheric breath a service to all. Incredible. An amazing delivery there too by Mars Sector 6 showing his great respect for these intelligences. And let's He says, realization of the ninth freedom burn like an all-existing flame into our consciousness. It's one thing to feel the rays of the sun upon our skin. Millions of people enjoy doing that without for one moment thinking about those who radiate them, without believing that the sun is a living intelligence, without recognizing that without it and without the solar lords, we wouldn't have existence as we know it at all. We owe every aspect of our lives to these beings, these aspects of pure divinity, who sacrifice themselves in true love permanently, permanently, unstoppingly, without any conditions whatsoever upon their service. It's a difficult thing to realise, and I think that's why Mars Sector 6 is advising us here to let this realisation burn into our consciousness. There will be internal resistance to it. It's so big. Because it's so far from the selfish man-made civilizations that we have on this planet, it's difficult to take it in. Never mind fully believe it, but it's true. And if we do take it in, that realization will govern our thoughts and our actions in accordance with the mightiness of this, of this, the greatness of this. In other words, it'll make our thoughts and actions mightier and greater as we reflect this light in our lives. As Mars Sector 6 says, it's indescribably beautiful to have such demonstrated unremitting love made manifest that we can see and feel and use. These intelligences, we've been told, are capable of going into galactic consciousness for 500,000 terrestrial years. But they only do it to enable themselves to become solar lords and perform this task in service, and then they leave it. It's a sacrifice we should allow to burn within us, says Mars Sector 6. This is demonstrated holiness, and yet in a strange way, it couldn't be more simple. You notice the way uh, Mars Sector 6 talks about the simpleness of this. Uh, It's an expression of divinity if ever there was one. It's not only about revering them, It's about changing in the light of them, changing our lives in their light. The many become the one. They work in complete union, not only with the solar logos itself, but with each other. And the totality of their existence, their every thought, their every etheric breath, says Mars Sector 6, is service to all. And if that isn't the expression of divinity, what is? That's the expression of godliness or if you like of goodness and if it's good enough for them my goodness it has to be good enough for us does it not what say you darren 
Yeah, gosh, I think that's um, a real key to our own spiritual evolution right there. I think what really struck me, you know, about the show, about what you said there is just how much more, you know, any of us can do to become more conscious of these beings, to realize that, uh, you know, like the rays of life-giving sunshine that we feel upon our face when we look up into the sky is Mm. the power of their bodies, the energy of their hearts. It's that real and yet, you know, such a high truth. Yeah, there's not a theory about some possible being that lives somewhere we feel it. We only live because of it. Mm. And it's the most logical thing we can do to not only revere it, but to act in the light of it. And where there's light, mm. there's life. Absolutely. So if you're tuning with us for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, about Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Um, we share a question, a moment of truth, an experience, a story from you on every show. So do get in touch with us. Do share them with us. We love to share them with all of our listeners. Um, you can reach us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So we've got a question here, Richard, um, again, from someone reading our teachings intently here, and I think a great fit with our theme today. Um, they say this, uh, I've, I've read that the cosmic hierarchy saw fit to place a barrier around the earth called in some occult books, the ring pass not. This ring pass not was later greatly intensified and tended to cut humanity off from the higher forms of inspiration. So my question is, does this limitation make advancement practically unworkable for us? Absolutely not. Great question. And by a thinker, which is a wonderful thing. And thank you all those who study the teachings and bring them to our show and make your comments by all means and and bring them to us because we love hearing your study of the teachings as well. The ring pass not, I think that's from theosophy, I believe, uh, also Mm. known as the ionosphere, um, is a barrier that was put up. And it was put up because of us. And the most tragic thing about this by far, is the fact that it limits the Mother Earth as well. She uh, doesn't need a ring pass knot. She can receive and radiate energies to her brother and sister planets in this solar system and beyond, and this is a gross limitation on her. But the question, does it stop our evolution? It doesn't. As a matter of fact, strangely, it enables it. it. It's a compassionate move because we aren't ready. We should be, but we aren't for the full radiation of cosmic energies to our world. And hence, you have interventions, the most notable of which, I'm sure, must be by satellite number three, which comes into orbits and enhances our actions uh, 3,000 times in accordance with our karma, our actions. It can't just come here and do it. We have to act, and then it can enhance those actions. And so there are compensation. That's not the only one compensation methods to increase our reception of cosmic vibrations and we still do obviously it doesn't stop all vibrations it limits them but as we enter into the new age the good news is this will change uh, it won't always be there and then we'll be able to like the other planets in our solar system to be a proper uh, part of if you like the solar system family uh, the, as I say, the tragic thing always, I find, in this conversation is appertaining to the Mother Earth herself, who is making this tremendous sacrifice, which she does not have to make because of our weakness. Our weakness. It's rather like, you know, you couldn't bombard, mm. I don't know, uh, you know, primary school education with advanced, well, we used to talk about calculus, but whatever, the advanced mathematics is now 
they just wouldn't get anywhere. Would it just would perhaps not even help them mentally? It might even harm them. You know, we aren't able to take it, and that's why it's there. But it will have to go one day. Yeah, no, great, great points. I thought I'd also add just uh, in closing that you know, okay, it's there, but we can all go much, much further than we than we have and do. Even you know, at this moment, if we were more devoted to truth, more disciplined with our practices, cared more for others, um, and that's an opportunity that's available to us right now. Um, it's just a question of whether we want to apply this amazing wisdom and the example that we've been given of these great beings in the nine freedoms. Very true. And I think really the point you're making could be summed up like this. Service <laughs> is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And I'm very pleased to say, as always, we're joined by Darren Ball. So last time we were looking at the highest of the high, the solar lords, as described in the ninth freedom. Beings who, as we were told by Mars Sector 6, with every thought, with every etheric breath, practice service to all constantly. No deviation, no interruption, no break of any kind whatsoever. And if they didn't, we wouldn't have life in this solar system of any kind because where there's light, there's life. But today we're coming back down to earth, metaphorically and literally, and we're turning to the opening words of the fifth freedom, cosmic consciousness. It's nothing in comparison with the great lords of the solar system, but it's still, from our perspective, a very, very elevated state. And I believe we have in fact, I don't believe, I am sure that we have in this show some very, very good news for our listeners. So just as he did in the opening words of the fourth freedom, enlightenment, Mars Sector 6 tells us right from the get-go in this particular freedom that it's up to us to bring this about. Now, there's two ways you can take that. You can see it as a statement of pressure, of responsibility, which it is, or you can see it as a statement of opportunity, empowerment, liberation, because it means that cosmic consciousness is not beyond our grasp. It's not haphazard, like whether we're in a good mood or a bad mood, or whether we suddenly get uh, taken over with a vision out of the blue. It's something we engineer, we cultivate, we bring into being through the lives. And it's why we're here. It's why we reincarnate time after time. It's why we go to other realms to learn between the lives on this realm until we're able to bring this state about, cosmic consciousness, at will, and that then leads us on to ascension, the sixth freedom, which is complete freedom from rebirth. We'll then no longer need to reincarnate because we'll be able to live either on this or another planet in the same ageless body. So it's a wonderful thing. It's true freedom. It's really what this show is all about. 
So I'm going to ask Darren to play this extract. It's a bit longer than some of them. It's over two minutes. It's delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. King in a somatic trance. Freedom from a limitation is only brought about by sincere and diligent a directed effort through countless incarnations upon terror. It is not some vague thing which just happens. It is made to happen. Teram is a great a classroom. A pupils have come to learn many lessons. They pass from grade to grade uh, through countless initiations, uh, through uh, countless apparent uh, deaths, when uh, they cast off a gross uh, physical uh, limitation uh, for a time, and a travel to another a more a subtle plane a to learn then a to return again a to a benefit from their previous experiences So that's spelt out for us. And Dr. King himself has spelt out clearly that we're only on Earth for one reason, and that's to raise the mystic power of Kundalini, which is often depicted as a three and a half coiled serpent in many writings, from the base center, Maladhara, up to the highest center, the Brahma Chakra, the crown center, also known as Sahasrara. And that is when we enter cosmic consciousness. Now, the most exotic, ethereal, sublime, elevated, magical, transformative, potent form of energy within us is Kundalini. And that means all of us. It's a force which should always be treated with reverence and respect and care. But whether we're aware of it or not, it does exist. And without it, as Dr. King once said, we couldn't even move our little finger. So when it enters the crown center in its entirety, we then experience, as I say, cosmic consciousness. Now, I have some, I promise some good news. There is, I believe, some very good news for listeners to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Uh, Unless you've come across this before, it will be news to you. 
And that is a great promise that was made by the master Ethereus in his transmission from free will to freedom. That's one, by the way, we often refer to, and it is available in audio. It's also, by the way, available in full in Cosmic Voice issue 25 in print. So you can check this out. Now, during the course of this transmission, the master Ethereus explains how, in these days, we can raise Kundalini in its entirety, those are his words, through the centers. And he spells it out in some detail, but summarizing it is breaking away from basic delights, breaking away from the materialistic scheme of things, which I would take to being removing the blockage co- blockages caused in our nadis or psychic channels, particularly, he spells out, by fear and doubt. Then, by being of service of others, he says, especially during a spiritual push, radiating outwards the energy and power from satellite number three, this power will naturally move in an unforced fashion, that's the kundalini will naturally move in an unforced fashion, through the spine and through the chakras. And I want to stress this, the master theorist did say in its entirety, which ultimately means cosmic consciousness. So that is an extremely encouraging and liberating thought, because with the extra powers available to us in these days, mainly thanks to satellite number three, the spiritual worker or aspirant is more empowered than ever before to give service, which must mean they're more empowered than ever before to advance. You can't have one without the other. The outer world has to be a reflection of the inner world. So we go through these countless incarnations. Sooner or later, we direct our energies towards this goal. There comes a point when we realize it, and then we can save ourselves a lot of completely wasted time on fruitless endeavors and activities and diversions, which are pointless Uh, for the reason we're really here, which is to raise Kundalini so that ultimately we can enter cosmic consciousness, the ultimate freedom below ascension, which then liberates us entirely from the reincarnatory cycle, not from experience, but from the experience cycle on this earth. And then we realize truth. Then we know God, not as a belief or a matter of faith, but as a reality from first-hand, direct experience. That is good news, don't you think, Darren? (laughs) Exceptional news. You know, funny, one of the lines you picked out there and highlighted is probably one of my favorite lines in the whole series of transmissions. You know, it's not some vague thing which just happens. It's made to happen. Yes. You know, because for me, it just underscores the reality of what we're talking about. Underscores, I feel, even the difference between people who really take spirituality seriously and make a science of it, and those for whom it's just you know an escape of some kind. And those won't and, get uh, too far. If it's just a hobby, it's still a good hobby, but it won't really do it. I mean, it's diligent, as Martin says, says directed energy and effort uh, to bring this absolutely. about. Yeah. And I think you, you you might have said in just a well, the last show or previous show how you know uh, Dr. King is is really technical about it. You know, getting into um, a real understanding which allows us to make a science of this, which mm-hmm. he did. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a um, you know a huge benefit that we have as a result of him giving us um, his commentary on these teachings. And the strange thing is, uh, you know, from I mean, I've had many contacts, as you know, with people in other realms, and it seems to me. Uh, that they understand this a lot better than most people on the physical plane do. 
that's when they mm. realize, you know, t- this is a classroom. We're here to learn lessons. And they only wish mm. they'd learned it because now they know they're going to have to come back again. It might even be more difficult next time, but they've got to learn that lesson. And they often have, as a result, regrets. There's not many people I can have a conversation with who can tell me about their conversations with people in other realms, Richard. But there's <laughs> quite a few on Earth, I think. <laughs> in many traditions. So if you're tuning in for us for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 and Dr. George King, visiting it by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And I'm here today, as I am always, to share a question, a moment of truth, or an experience um, that's been sent in to us. I invite you to send in to us your own experience, uh, story, or question so that we can share it too. That's spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Um, so today, Richard, I've got an experience to share, actually, an experience um, which actually led this person to the Ethereum Society. Mm. So I'll share this with you. So this person begins, um, I'm kind of coming into the middle of the story here, but they say it was a time of healing and acceptance of loss. The blue light appeared on one of several photos I took while driving one evening. Three years prior, I was woken up by three taps on the side of my head, and as I opened my eyes, I saw a a bright blue light around my feet as I was laying down on my bed. It happened just hours after I had meditated and prayed at least an hour for my friend who was heartbroken. She wanted to be a mother and wife, but she didn't find men who wanted the same. I prayed and focused all my prayer energy to send it to God to ask for healing, patience, wisdom, and love for my dear friend. I can say I've never poured my heart out more than for my friend who is more like my sister. I gave thanks to God for her friendship since I felt very lonely after moving away from home to attend college and starting a career far from home. I didn't know what to make of it, but I slept in the living room for two weeks, actually. And six months later, her friend met her husband and is now married with two children. She said she's had other experiences, but this was one I held close and feel my prayer went straight to God. I felt humbled and overjoyed to see my friend at her wedding and to know that her husband instantly knew she was his wife soon after they first met. I know our prayers have healing powers, which eventually led me to find the Ethereum Society. Well, that's beautiful. I don't think I, you know, that's just a wonderful thing. And I really thank that person for sharing that with us and sharing it with our listeners. And I I can absolutely relate to that because, you know, it was a practice of doing prayer that really brought me to to believe in it mm. as soon as I tried it. And, um, you know, I couldn't argue with it. It was, I didn't, in fact, I was disturbed by the experience like this person may have been, but I couldn't shake yeah. it off. And it sure led because it's a real thing, and we're coming, okay, it's mm. not cosmic consciousness, but it's a real spiritual experience. It's not some theory. It's not a matter of faith alone. These things you will experience. They are real things. So I just want to thank them very much for sharing their experience with us. Yeah, I can absolutely second that own experience, which will open your eyes and prove these things too. And I think just the last comment here from me on this would be that, you know, I think what she exhibited there is a real selflessness, a real sincerity, yeah. um, and really demonstrated the extent she, which, to which she was really willing to put everything into this prayer, you know, qualities that will mm. make your prayers really work. And she's found something for her future evolution, which is the Ethereum Society and the fact that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Thank you.